2: you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host
1: after four o'clock jason Greger, connor Halley with you and the gregor show is always presented by play Alberta.ca. 70 million dollars for the lotto max on uh, friday so uh, get your tickets PlayAlberta.ca. Stay within your limits. Uh, The NHL, of course, uh, waiting until Saturday. But if you like hockey, the Memorial Cup, huge game tonight on uh, TSN, Kamloops, and Seattle. The winner will go directly to the semifinal on Friday. The loser has to play Peterborough in, ah, I'll call it the quarterfinals. It's really a play-in game, and that basically means you probably have to play, uh, well, you have to play four games in five days if you want to win the Memorial Cup. And and even just to get to the final means you'd have to play three in a row tonight, tomorrow, and uh, Thursday. So lots on the line. That uh, You win tonight, and you have a much, much better chance of uh, potentially winning this tournament. Let's get to our big guest of the day uh, brought to you by Silent Ice Sports and Entertainment. And they're doing a big shout out, best of luck to the Seattle Thunderbirds tonight from Silent Ice Sports and Entertainment as uh, we are joined by a uh, former. NHL, Stanley Cup uh, winner, and analyst on the NHL Network, Mike Rupp, joins us. And uh, Rupp,er, you have a few days now to uh, sit back. We can uh, we'll discuss the uh, the Stanley Cup final in a second, but um, not a real shock that uh, Brad Treliving is the next GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, was there anybody else you thought maybe uh, would have been a better option?
0: Um, honestly, no. I I, I don't think that there's anybody that was kind of a name that was jumping to the forefront for me i I think trey living is a is a good option a great option um and i I think that his experience i know everybody's talking about a lot that the stuff he's had to go through with the calgary flames just in the last year plus i i think that that serves him well because he's kind of going to a somewhat similar situation where you've got these huge decisions to be made and um Kind of got burned from it last time, and, and I thought he did a heck of a job of replenishing talent, it didn't work out in Calgary. But he did a good job of uh, being put in a really tough spot and made the best of it. So hopefully, you learn from those, and maybe uh, you have a different way of approaching it. But uh, with the with the situation with the Big Four in Toronto, I think Trey Lemming's the
1: perfect guy for the job. And he's really got two decisions. Right? It's either you keep the core or you move them because maybe Matthews and Elaner don't want to commit or, or who knows. But those are the only options, Rupper. And like staying stand pat and say, you know what? We're going to keep going with these guys. We believe in them. I can see the rationale behind it. I can understand people that say, no, 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 you got to switch it up. So like, what direction would you go if you got to be the GM of the Maple Leafs? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I
0: I don't think moving forward with the big four intact is is going to help you take that next step I I think this team needs help in a lot of different other areas They have a lot of I mean, there's a lot of work to be done there I mean the big ones are the ones you just mentioned and we know about all the No trades that, that pop in July 1st for Nylander and Matthews and that they're both pending UFAs next summer So that that's the main focus, but there's also a lot of players that are their contracts are up. So I mean, how do you how do you bring this team back and complement those guys? I think the only way to do it is to free up some space, and and uh, I think you part ways with at least one of the the big four. So um, th- that's where it gets a little tricky for me. But then again, I, I understand running it back with the same group And I don't think that group is that far off. But at the same note, like how are you going to really make a ton of changes when you are? committing so much to that top end, right? And I, I think this is a team that, I think one of the good things they have for them, I know these got got but having Samsonov RFA helps them a little bit because um, I think if this team had just a, if he was UFA, that, that, that'd be a tough spot I think they'd potentially lose him so um, they've they got to figure out what they're going to do in net and complement this group because I think that's been a problem it's a good four, it's a solid four the four that I still think needs to find another level in the uh, in the postseason, but you know it's about it's about insulating that group, and, and they really haven't done a good job up to this point.
1: Mike Rupp joins. So, Rupp, if you're not going to roll them back, like John Tavares, I don't think you can trade. So it really comes down to Matthews, Marner, and Nylander. Like, if it's me and I had to pick to move one of the three, when I look at salary cap and everything else, I would pick Marner. Who would you pick?
3: it's so
0: hard man it's uh i think here's the here's the really tough spot in this is there's certain things that we know in this hockey world like for example i think without there being any reactions to it knowing that it's in a perfect world i think you see what what's out there for austin matthews you know what i mean what the options are but the problem is that'll get back to austin matthews camp and they won't be happy about it you know what i mean and and no player likes to hear that. His agent doesn't like to hear that. And and then it kind of deteriorates a a relationship. But I I think you look to that avenue. I I, I think there's holes in a lot of their games. There's holes in every player's games. But I think when those big four, the money that they make, you've got to find a way to... Put it this way. Willie Nylander's the bargain guy. Do I love Willie Nylander's game all around? No. But his deal that he's going to get next summer will probably still come in Significantly less than Matthews, Tavares, and Marner. I think you got to have some value guys. I think Willie is the one guy that I would like to, to keep, and I'd like to see what you can get out there at Austin Matthews. I, I don't know. That's a there's a lot of moving parts there because he's he, he, he's a center ice man. He's mm-hmm. you know he's a he's obviously a high end talent, great player, but um, you know there's you've got to also have it in, in theory that. If you're potentially going to look to move him, it's got to be to a place that he's willing to re-sign, you know, and and go and, and no team's going to trade for him and give up assets to have him for the one year and then him, him walk UFA. But I think that it's in a perfect world you see what's out there, but it's not that easy. Uh, I, I don't know. It's it's really really tough. I don't think he can move Tavares. Um, so yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe maybe Marner's the one that doesn't, you know, upset the turnip truck too much. Um, but I think the bigger the bigger thing for me. I mean, I, I sit there and spitball. We always play having fun with it. I don't know if Austin Matthews even have an appetite for that. But why not pick up the phone call the Anaheim Ducks, is number two pick, you know, and, and see what kind of package they can put together. And maybe Toronto could be ahead of the game for what they need right now. Keep uh, Tavares, Nylander, uh, and uh, Marner, and maybe in return you get that second overall pick from the Ducks. You can I don't know, put together. A, um, a nice package there. Maybe it's Drysdale, maybe John Gibson. I don't know. There's there's a lot of uh, a lot of things that would have to come into play for that to happen. But I, it, it's a conversation I would have. But again, that's easy for me to say. I'm not the GM, and you have those conversations. It affects the players on your roster.
1: Hundred uh, percent. I like because it isn't easy, right? You're you're trying to to move around, and then you got to be like, hey, do I can I trust this guy to not let it slip that I'm even considering moving a guy like Austin Matthews. And and then it gets into, like, you go back to, to when the San Jose Sharks fleeced Boston for Joe Thornton, right? No, and it wasn't really out there, and boom, Joe Thornton was traded. right? No, no one was talking about it. Not a lot of people have really talked about trading Austin Matthews. Like, people look at the situation and think about it, but that that's the hard balance is to know, and, and that's why I felt like they had to bring in a veteran GM because trying to, to work those type of phone calls and conversations without having it leak out is very difficult.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's very difficult. But then also, like from the standpoint, I wonder how much from from Tree Living's experiences with Goodrow, and I know Kachuk was a little bit of a different situation um, because he was RFA. But I wonder if there's certain tells that he knows now that he learned in that process. Like he's not coming back was yeah. in, in regards to G- Goodrow. Like maybe there's something that happened where now he looks back, hindsight being 2020, it was like you know what. That was the indicator that I missed. And I wonder yeah. if I can serve him well in this situation. I, it's, it's an intriguing spot. Uh, we're all going to be following it quite a bit. But, again, you're talking about not just, not just a, a move or two to set them up to compete more for a Stanley Cup now. I mean, this is, this is stuff that's going to affect you for years to come.
1: Oh, yeah, it's. there's no easy decision, no question about it. Like You could keep the top four, maybe that's the right decision. You could trade one of them, maybe trade the wrong one, some other guys end up leaving. There, there's all sorts of trickle-down effects on uh, on what's going to happen as uh, Mike Rupp joins us. Uh, what about the Pittsburgh Penguins, Rupp, or your former team? Um, you know, they've, they've had a long offseason. Toronto fires their GM. They've been able to replace, and Pittsburgh still hasn't. What's taken so long?
0: Yeah, so, I mean, it sounds like it's, it's inevitable it's going to be Kyle Dubas, but we haven't. It's kind of taken a little while here to be official, right? So, um, yeah, uh, interesting stuff with them, too. It's, I, I find all these positions, even going back to tree living in, in Toronto, and you don't know what you can believe and what we hear out there. I mean, we're, we heard when Dubas and Parted Ways that Kyle Dubas, maybe it was his camp leaking it out there, but sounded like he didn't have the, the full say in Toronto. You know, and, and we start hearing things coming out of Pittsburgh, too, where that um, there is a there is some differences uh, from ownership and, and Ron Hextall where how the direction they wanted this team to go in. You can't have a GM come in and not be able to make the moves. Like, you either trust them or you don't. And so I wonder even in Trey Living's situation if it's like, hey, you could take this job, but those four guys are staying here, which is fine. But at the same rate, like, how are you really going to – to make your mark if you get there and you see things and you want to make change but you're not allowed to and so that's why I go to Pittsburgh it's like I, I still wonder I mean you, you kind of made that decision the bed's been made with they, they got those core guys back but is there going to be some outside influence there still in Pittsburgh I mean that, that's that been a problem it sounds like in the past and uh, you know can Kyle Dubas go in there and, and have his plan and exercise his plan and put it in the, into motion so um, I it, it's it's very, very interesting, but it's, it's, it's tough because I think there's times that we've seen in, with these two teams and sometimes there's just too many, too many hands in the cookie jar, and then you don't really go anywhere, right? And uh, then everybody's willing to point the finger at whose fault it was. Both um, teams are kind of in a somewhat similar situation of where their future goes from here.
1: Yeah, very different because Pittsburgh, you know, they're older now. They have way more cap space. If you look, cause I, I did an article the other day and Pittsburgh's actually 25th in total salary amongst their top seven AAVs, which is Crosby and Latang and Malkin and Gensel. And like, they're better players. So they're, if you're out, you actually have lots of room to maneuver there in Pittsburgh if you want it, right? Like now it's got to happen quick. You do. Right? Cause they, yeah. they got a you, short window. No, you, that's,
0: yeah, you, you do, but here's my concern. Sorry to cut you off. Here's my concern. Here is, and this is why I don't, I don't know if Kyle Dubas is that right fit. And maybe I'm wrong in this because maybe Kyle Dubis, maybe we don't know what Kyle Dubis truly believes if, if he wasn't allowed to carry out what he wanted to in Toronto. But from what we've seen over the years, um, Kyle Dubis puts value in certain types of players and the things that have been lacking in Toronto. As far as the secondary players and the complementary players, that hasn't really worked out until this trade deadline was probably the first time it 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 looked like it was being done the right way or some of the right moves were being made. Those same problems exist in Pittsburgh, so that that's why to me I'm like, wow. I mean, Pittsburgh, what they've been lacking as far as their depth, complementary guys, know that they're going to Jake Ensel in there too, even though he's you know he's not an older guy, but the other three are older guys. It's different than Toronto to some degree, but they, they need help, and I just don't know the value that Al Dubas puts on depth players. And uh, it, it's the same problem Toronto had that wasn't solved. Pittsburgh has that same problem, and I don't I don't know. Maybe he does it differently there.
1: That's a good point, Roper. It's it is one to say, hey, did they bring in the proper? depth guys and because everybody will tell you barry trotz even said it today hey you guys scout to draft uh, the top line i can find third and fourth liners And, and you seem that it's easy but that was toronto was always they had lots of the top end guys they had all their top six forwards they never filled out the other spots and specifically their defense which is Kind of similar, potentially, in what happens with Brian Dumoulin and such in Pittsburgh. So those are two teams. And then lastly, the uh, the Ottawa Senators ownership group here. Man, this is, this is dragging on a lot longer than you thought because it seems like it was supposed to be, you know, quite a while ago that this bids were the final bids were supposed to be in, and they're still not.
0: Yeah, it's it's got to be frustrating. I, mean, I, I was really pumped for the the city and the the fans of the Ottawa Senators because you're seeing they look like everybody's stepping up. They want to be a part of this ownership and. Yeah, a couple different bids coming into play, and you're starting to hear some numbers kicking around. I'm like, wow, okay, this is great not just for them. It's great for the value of a lot of NHL teams and for the NHL in general. So, you know, I'm not sure what's really going on. I know that we, we've been reading different things and different articles, and if some of these bids were, um, I guess, uh, not going to play out or not legitimate, that that would have been smoked out. So I would assume that since it's still kind of out there and still there's still conversations being had, that it's there's enough there or there's enough of a plan there that's intriguing enough to drag this out. But it's it's weird. I, I don't know. I don't know how else to. We, we thought this is something that would be probably further along by now, and hopefully something gets done there because it's they need something. They need new owner they need new ownership they need a plan in place because uh, you know that 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 hasn't been kind of heading the right way for a little while
1: not at all and Rupert, uh, who do you like in the Stanley Cup final
0: oh man I picked you know Greg's I've picked against both of these teams in every round so far. So I kind of feel stupid <laughs> to give it any kind of prediction, <laughs> to be honest with you. So um, I'm going to say this. I think the Vegas Golden Knights, with the way they play, the way they're coached, the way their deaf players are going, I think William Carlson has been unbelievable in these playoffs, uh, the, the, what he's had on his plate. I- I'm going to go with them and the way they're playing right now. Um, they control games for full 60 I, I, the Florida Panthers, to me, are the X factor because they don't – for me, they don't control 60-minute games. They – but they just have that it factor right now. Like, you need a save, you get the save. You need a big yeah. moment, big goal, they get that. Like, they have something that can't be measured in statistics. Like, it's – they just have the, – it seems like it's – they're destined to win this cup. But I, I'm going to go against them and just say what Vegas has going right now – I think it's going to be very tough to beat because they don't beat themselves. And uh, I think that that's been an an area where Florida's taken advantage. The other teams they've played kind of shot themselves in the foot. Thanks,
1: Rupper. Appreciate your time, man. Have an awesome day. Awesome.
0: Thanks, Greg. Talk to you, bud.
1: There you go. That is Mike Rupp from the NHL network, uh, 425. We'll take a quick break. Uh, we'll get our auction item up. We got to get it up a little bit here on Edmonton Sports Theater, TSN 1260, and a we'll return of the Greger Show presented by playalberta.ca. 430. Rolling through a busy Wednesday afternoon. Jason Gregor, Connor Halley, Jason Strudwick. Not with us today. He is, uh, back home in, uh, Kamloops, where he uh, won a Memorial Cup, uh, show 28 years ago. So Kamloops and Seattle, big game tonight. The winner will move on to the semifinal on Wednesday, and the loser will play Peterborough in the, uh, we we'll are calling it the quarterfinals. It's a play-in game, but we'll call it the quarterfinals. It seems a little bit better. Anyway, let's get to the uh, oil report now, brought to you by Volvo of Edmonton. And you can get in to uh, Volvo's number one dealership in Canada. Best dealership in Canada right now, most sales, great service. It's volvoedmonton.com, and try out the brand-new XC60 plug-in hybrid. Only limited editions in, so if you want to test drive one today. We are joined now by the uh, Oilers' director of amateur scouting and uh, player personnel, also a former member of the uh, yeah, former member of the uh, Swift Current Broncos. Of course played in the NHL for a long time. Former first round draft pick of the Edmonton owners, Tyler Wright joins us. Tyler, welcome back to the show. How you doing? Is he there, Cons? We're not sure. Did he, did, he didn't pull Rashad. Didn't put his phone on mute, did he? <laughs> Cons will uh, he'll try to uh, sort that out for us here. I'll get that uh, reaffirmed and uh, back up and running in a second. So, anyway, Tyler Wright will join us because, of course, the uh, the Edmonton owners made a trade today, as uh, they traded their fifth round selection, which is the 152nd pick in the draft, to the New York Rangers in exchange for the rights to Jaden Grupe who was the 65th pick third rounder in 2021. And then the Oilers, a few hours after announcing that trade, uh, they announced that they have signed Group to uh, a three-year entry-level contract. Way you go. Cons, uh, do we have Mr. Wright? I don't know. Everything's uh, quiet. Find out uh, maybe he's working the phones. Meanwhile, Groob, if you look at his numbers, he only played five games in his draft season. Uh, got injured.
2: Yeah. We got, actually, uh, there must have been some miscommunication. We actually have Jaden here. Oh, all
1: right. There you go. Okay. All right. Even better. So, uh, hey, we have the newest member of the Orders organization. Uh, Jaden Groob joins us. Jaden, welcome to the show, man. How you doing?
3: I'm doing good. Thank you.
1: Well, Jane, kind of take me through the the last few years for you. Um, obviously, your draft year was was exciting and frustrating at the same time. Exciting because you get drafted, obviously uh, frustrating because uh, you only played five games uh, due to an injury. Uh, how much did the injury impact you? Your like the next year? Did it take you a while to kind of get back up to speed?
3: Um, yeah, it did take a it took a little bit uh, to kind of get back into the swing of things. You know, I had a whole summer of uh, kind of rehab and going through that physio stuff so i didn't get the full uh summer of skating and training like um you usually would so that kind of last season there it took uh, took a little bit and then uh had the full summer uh last year and then uh kind of got back to 100 percent this year and um so yeah it did definitely did have a bit of an impact for sure
1: so and when you have that, like, how much of a grind was it mentally for a young player? You know, I'm, I'm sure maybe there's a little bit more internal pressure on yourself. Jeez, I'm drafted here. I've got to show these guys what I can do. But you just, you're, you're not as strong or as fast as you want to be because you weren't able to train. How challenging was it mentally for you last year getting back from that injury?
3: Yeah, I think uh, the first little bit was uh, it was really hard mentally, you know. You kind of you don't you don't feel as fast or as strong, and it's it's a bit of a grind um, at the start to get back into it. But just kind of one of those things where you got to try and keep improving uh, day by day. So that was kind of the mindset for me.
1: And uh, now you get into this season. You know, you, you emerge. You're a point a game player. You had 18 goals, 67 points in 64 games uh, for Red Deer, and then a very good playoffs where you led them in scoring with 16 points in, in 12 games. Um, as the season went along Can you kind of take us through the conversations You and your agent or your agent had with you About signing with New York And maybe when you thought that wasn't going to happen
3: um, Yeah it was kind of A little bit towards the the End of the season there um, Kind of coming into playoffs We weren't too sure what was going to happen So um, you know we just thought There was a better opportunity elsewhere And uh, kind of Turns out that Edmonton was one of the teams, and it's, uh, you know, a good opportunity for me, and I'm um, really excited about it. For Euler fans,
1: uh, Jaden, who maybe don't know your game, how would you describe your game? Like, what's what's the best strengths of your game?
3: Yeah, I think for me, you know, I'm just a, a good 200-foot player, um, solid in the D zone, and can pitch in offensively with uh, my skill and speed. Um I like to play physical, you know, can kind of – I like to think I can do a lot of things like block shots, uh, take face-offs, you know, kind of whatever whatever the coach needs and uh, chip in offensively at the same time. So I'm um, just an all-around player, I guess.
1: You look at, you know, and every player, you, you always want to get better. Everybody wants to get bigger. You want to get faster. That That's obvious. I'm not going to ask you about that because I know every player wants I don't care. You're in the NHL 10 years. They're always trying to get faster. But wh- what yeah. about from, like, a, a skill development part of you? Do you do you want to improve your shot? Do you want to become more of a shooter? What do you want to change or, or improve on in your game outside of strength and speed?
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah, obviously you can see um, – a lot more assists and goals so that's maybe one thing you know I've always been a pass first guy maybe just um kind of working on that that mindset of shooting a little more and attacking and also working on the shot at the same time um you know it's something I can use more I think and could be one of my strengths so that's definitely something as well
1: we are joined by a newest member of the Edmonton Oilers organization uh, Jaden Group who was acquired earlier today uh, his rights by the New York Rangers and then subsequently signed a three-year entry level contract I needed to sign that by tomorrow so it was pretty obvious when the trade happened the uh, signing was going to come um uh, you turned 20 in January uh, so you know you could return for another year of of junior but do you feel are you ready to take the step to pro hockey
3: Uh yeah I think throughout the year you know I was kind of building um and getting better throughout the year. And then that's obviously my goal is uh, to be ready to play uh, at the pro level. So I think, you know, for me, this, this summer is huge and I uh, just have have to have a good camp. But uh, everything I'm doing now is to prepare and uh, mentally prepare to be ready to go at the pro level for sure. Who would you talk to when you got traded to
1: the orders? Who was the first call from?
3: Uh, the first call, I think it was uh, Tyler there called me right Wright, uh, director Yeah, and, and then uh, development. talk to uh talk to Ken after yeah
1: in those conversations uh if you can shed some light on it a little bit uh, what did you guys talk about and you know kind of what's your first impression of the organization
3: yeah, I think they're uh they're super excited um to have me and get me into the organization as so as I, so I think you know it's it's good to see that there's opportunity for me they kind of preach that they they need someone like me so that's that's good to hear and um just kind of play my game and you know and they they want someone that can bring it uh all over the ice and play a solid 200 foot game so i think that fits my game pretty well so um just exciting opportunity
1: now uh Jaden uh growing up as a young hockey player who is your team who is your favorite player
3: um well i'm from calgary so it was uh uh I was a big uh Jerome McGinley fan and the flames, so I'd have to switch that around here. <laughs> well, hey, you know what? That's understandable. you grew up in
1: Calgary and you weren't yeah. a Ginla fan. People are probably be like, What's going on? Right. So uh yeah. I yeah, exactly. I understand that. Um how 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 easy will it be for, you know, like your buddies to maybe, you know, if, if in the future you become a member of the Edmonton orders to possibly change their allegiance?
3: Yeah, I don't know. Some of them are a little uh, 50/50 right now, but I think they're pretty excited. So, <laughs> I think they'd be they'd be okay with it.
1: <laughs> um, take me back to the, to the playoffs cuz I want to get your thoughts on the Memorial Cup tonight. Um, you know, the, the you guys are obviously disappointing. You're up 3 nothing, you're unable to to hold on in that series. Looking back on it, uh, well, what do you think happened in the final few games of that series against Saskatoon?
3: Yeah, um, you know, we came out good in the start of that series i don't know if uh saskatoon there had their best games for those first two or three and then they kind of stepped up their game and i don't i don't know if we stepped it up another level that we needed to so it's uh you know it's hard looking back on that but i think you also learn a lot from that and you don't you'll hopefully never do that again and you kind of take the take some pauses out of that situation if you can but yeah it's uh that yeah, was a tough series.
1: Now, give me your thoughts. Uh, you've seen both of these teams, Seattle and uh, Kamloops tonight. Uh, I know they're in the West. You don't see them a ton, but as a guy who played in the league and you're familiar with both teams, and you'll probably be watching, I would think maybe uh, to see what goes on tonight. Uh, you know, is is there one team that you see potentially having an advantage?
3: Um, yeah, I don't. It's tough. They're both uh, super highly skilled teams, and they're pretty deep. So. But, uh, you know, I think that um, Seattle's goalie is really strong. So they might have the advantage there um, if you were to pick one thing. Because so I think, you know, that the top two lines for each team are really deep and the defense as well. So I think uh, it might come down to the goaltending. Jaden, uh, we really appreciate your time. Uh, give us a, a little
1: insight into kind of what, what's your plan for offseason training.
3: Uh, Yeah, just uh, in Calgary here um, with my trainer and then kind of skating around here and uh, just kind of doing whatever I can to get ready. So um, not a whole lot, but uh, sticking around Calgary here.
1: Well, uh, congratulations. It's a big day when you sign your first NHL contract. Uh, Hopefully you go out and celebrate for a nice dinner or you have dinner with mom and dad tonight Uh, either way. And uh, uh, welcome to, I guess, the the National Hockey League for you. And uh, best of luck in the future turning to pro hockey in the fall.
3: Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it.
1: Newest member of the Edmonton Orders, Jaden Groob, who was acquired today by the New York Rangers. Groob, of course, was a third-round selection, 65th overall in the 2021 entry draft. Uh, only played five games his draft year. Then, as he mentioned, had a rehab all summer, uh, didn't get the training he wanted, his Year after he had 35 points in 68 games, and then uh, this past season after a summer of training, boosted up to uh, 67 points in 64 games, uh, including leading the uh, Rebels in playoff scoring, 16 points in 12 playoff games. He's six foot three, 200 pound, right shot center. Feels he's more of a 200-foot player, guy who likes to defense his own kills, penalties, block shots. So you listen to him, it kind of projects as if he's going to become an NHL player. He's probably a guy who's like a, a third-line type of player, fourth-line type of player. And, hey, look at Vegas. Look at how important those guys are. Make no mistake. Those are hugely important to your organization. And we'll see. So the orders they gave up the 152nd pick to acquire Grooby, who was the 65th pick two years earlier. Now he's a two years old older uh he'll this is uh his 20th uh 20 year old season uh he's likely going to turn pro and start in bakersfield in the fall quick come break we'll come back with uh five questions update you on our we got to get this up a little bit okay we're going to talk a little uh golf Do you want to go golfing on friday in the uh, smash out ms golf tournament Uh so dan currently has a steal. we always like to get face value it's only at 700 right now so we'll try to get this up in texas at 10 12 60 it's four of you plus me so we'll be golfing together in a five sum. It includes your breakfast, it includes the gold ticket, which is fifty dollars each person. So there's two hundred right there. And it all goes to MS and i will have loads of fun. It's a very, very fun tournament. Like if you if you're a, a real golf serious person who can't have fun, I wouldn't recommend bidding. But if you like to have a great time with a lot of fun people, and I guarantee you'll have some success, I'll bring a few extra treats for you, maybe, uh, in our group on uh Friday. So you can text in at ten, twelve sixty or dial us up at triple four. 1260. 450. Welcome back Wednesday afternoon. Gregor Show with Connor Halley and Empton Sports Theater, TSN 1260. Hope you're having an awesome day. Your big uh, sporting game tonight, of course, the, uh, the Blue Jays. Alex Manoa on the mound tonight. Can he figure things out? Jays fans are sure hoping so. He's got to kind of get back on track as being a, an early slog for the first two months of the season for the uh, f- ace of the Jays' last season. Also a huge game at the Memorial Cup tonight. Uh, winner moves on to the semifinal. Loser has to play Peterborough tomorrow in the uh, play-in game, which I like to call the quarterfinals because that's essentially what it's, uh, what it's looking like. So we'll see how that goes. Let's get to uh, five questions now. Brought to you by... The brick, where, hey, they got great indoor furniture, but also excellent choices on patio furniture, outdoor dining, conversation sets, barbecues, outdoor TVs, and more. For the most fun in the sun, go to the brick or thebrick.com.
2: It's time for five questions on the Jason Greger show. Oh, yeah. All right, Gregor, uh, what does the trade today tell you about the Oilers and, uh, I guess, where Ken Holland's plan is right now going forward? Well, I'm not sure this
1: is necessarily connected to the to the plan. The Oilers are in win-now mode. Um, what what the, the trade today to me was they look and say, hey, we can give up a fifth-round selection, which at best was probably not going to be in the NHL for four or five years. For a guy who's two years ahead of that, why not do it? That's kind of what I come out of, you know, all it has is Groove will, will turn pro this season, whereas the draft pick would be another two years minimum before they turn pro. So I, I don't think it impacts this year's plan whatsoever.
2: Yeah, I totally agree with you on that one. And kind of like what Tom said there as well, make sure you get some guys uh, down in Bakersfield developing two years closer. As you mentioned, uh, what did you make of the tree living hire in Toronto?
1: Ah, uh, it's expected. I, I'm not, I'm not surprised by it. There wasn't a lot of experienced GMs on the market, right? Like, you know, David Poyle had just retired. I don't think he was, you know, there, there's some rumblings. I'm not sure if, if Doug Wilson, you know, where's his health at? You don't really, I don't know. I can't, I'm not going to pretend to know, but there's not a ton of guys who have a lot of experience. And I think Toronto, I don't think they could go to another rookie GM. Right away, I just, with so many big decisions that are looming, they needed somebody who has some experience. And Brad Trilliman at least has experience with making big decisions or trying to find ways to get guys to resign. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's too early to say if it's going to be the right or wrong decision, but it's kind of the expected one.
2: Question number, oh, I guess I got an answer too. Yeah, I, I expected for sure. And, uh, definitely with what he went through in the past, I think he's got the experience there, a new fresh face. Uh, I think that's going to be advantageous for Toronto and the Leafs and what they're trying to accomplish. Question number three, uh, 13 players heading to free agency for the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, GM John Waddell said he'll be exploring possible trades to improve before his team hits the free agent market. Uh, who or what position do you think he'll be looking to add out in Carolina?
1: Well, they, it's the hardest thing, but they got to find high offensive players. Svechnikov and Aho are really good, but they need like an elite score and they don't have one. And so hard to find, right? Like Toronto on paper would, would make sense if they, if they want to pull the trigger, but we'll see. Their owner has, hasn't really shown a willingness to want to pay top dollar for any player.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. I had goal scores written down. Harder to do than to say, but I think that's got to be the area you're looking to improve upon. Question number four, as we get closer to the NBA Finals, who do you think is a chance to be the biggest X factor in the series?
1: Well... Uh, it can't be the top guys on each team, so I guess Hero would be the X factor. Maybe if he comes out of you know the stands and, and can show up and, and shoot for uh, for for Miami, I think that's um, that's the only way they they probably have uh, much of a chance. Like I I hate to be so like they don't have a chance, but I just I, I don't see how the how the Heat uh you know match up but i will say from a i gotta say michael porter jr because i expect jamal murray and, and Jokic to, to clearly lead that team so i'll say if michael porter jr can drain some key shots he could ultimately be an x factor
2: i'll give you one from each team i'll say caleb martin for the miami heat in game seven he hit some big threes so i if he can contribute there some secondary scoring i think that would be a big one and for the denver nuggets uh a guy I'll go with Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, who can play very good defensive ball, won a championship with the Lakers in 2020, and can drop some points as well. So I think those two guys are people to watch out for in this series. Final question for you, Gregor. Colin Farrell celebrates his 47th birthday today. Of his films, do you have a favorite?
1: You know what? I'm probably going to go with the uh, like the black comedy, the uh, the Banshees of uh, Inish I don't know if you've ever seen that, Cons, but it's it's pretty deep, man. He's pretty, and he was very good in that movie. So it's it's for anybody who hasn't seen it, it's like two guys that have been lifelong friends, and then at one point, one of the buddies is like, you know what? And like now they're older, and he just says, I don't want to be friends anymore. I I want to play my music, and I don't think
2: you're cool enough.
1: <laughs> and it's like what? So it's it's dark comedy, but it was pretty good.
2: I I had to go through his, and I I was looking at the Batman. That's when I still haven't seen yet so i'll hold out and see but wasn't he in phone booth and i remember that was one that uh i was very intrigued by because i heard about how the the filming didn't take very long it was only set in one area uh it was a movie that i i went out to make sure i saw him out like 20 years ago so i'll I'll say that one it was intriguing to see how he put himself in the situation and the storyline kind of hooked me early so i can't say i've seen all of his movies but uh phone booth was one I, i definitely enjoyed
1: phone booth yeah all right okay he gets the phone
2: call and he's just talking with the guy on the phone easy movie to make i'm sure but uh yeah intriguing what's the phone call about oh, i can't ruin it for you but oh, he's got to stay in the phone booth and <laughs> he he answers a random one like a, a plot that probably wouldn't work anymore i don't know how many phone booths there are you know in society today but uh mm-hmm. yeah for its time it was interesting and uh, only an hour 20, so quick watch. We got a lot of
1: people texting in on uh, Colin Farrell for horrible bosses. He was pretty funny in that movie, actually. He was a terrible boss. It was quite funny. So uh,
2: very funny. Who was the worst boss in that movie? Because Jennifer Aniston was pretty bad.
1: Oh, she was. Yeah. Hey,
2: there was was a few
1: horrible bosses. Uh, You ever had a horrible boss? No, I don't think so. Have you? No, I don't... No, I never had a horrible boss. Like, we had a boss many, many years ago, not not when I was on the radio, who just wasn't... They weren't really qualified for their position, so um, that wasn't ideal. But, yeah, luckily, I've never had a... Like not not to the extent of some of the horror stories I've heard from some people uh, about their boss. So luckily I've never had to uh, to deal with anything um, to try. I could imagine if we open up the text line, the phone lines for uh, for horrible boss stories. Whoo, mama! There's uh, there's probably a few people out there um, have some uh, and might currently be living it right now, right? Which would be uh, like that would suck. Yeah, and then you're stuck in a place where you don't necessarily, you know, financially, you just can't leave. That's what makes it challenging for sure. So, but I can, I can imagine I've heard a few horror stories about people in that.
2: So, yeah, I could take it back actually. At the grocery store, I had a terrible boss, which led to him being slandered on Facebook. A couple of people lost their job. A lot of people were suspended. He was a terrible boss. So he, um,
1: he was terrible, and a few of the um, your coworkers took to Facebook to say he was terrible.
2: There, yeah, yeah. There was a Facebook group for the store, and it was okay. supposed to be private, but someone someone leaked it out there, and I think two people were fired, uh, six or seven people were suspended. I may have been one of them. They uh, threatened <laughs> slander charge. You got suspended, cons? Yeah, two days. I was suspended. <sighs> Two days, two days, and then they—that was like a holiday. It, well, and that was the best part. They—they they actually said, "You know, we're short-staffed. Would you come back and work this weekend?" And I said, "No, I have to serve my suspension. I accept my punishment, and I can't do it." So, yeah, it actually went kind of came back to bite them on the weekend when they suspended a bunch of people. But yeah, I guess I did have a horrible. Blast.
1: What was your part in this to get suspended? Did you share? Okay,
2: it? well, I made a little comment, and my <laughs> one of my friends. He was actually at my wedding, Uh, took pictures of us standing in the back, and they threatened us with time theft. So that's what we were suspended for. Oh, jeez. Look at Connor Halley, the rebel. Who knew? It was something. Yeah, it was interesting. Like,
1: what made him such a bad boss?
2: Oh, he would just, uh, he, he was power hungry, I would say, and just, you know, walked around kind of trying to show everyone how much of a big man he was enough where you know 15 people went online to rip him and there was there was a lot more conversations not online just not a good guy and he was and uh, he's been demoted a couple times since then <laughs> but he's still there i think so i think so oh my goodness
1: <laughs> jeez cut the cord <laughs> that's was now would you
2: work at Safeway or is that so uh, It was Save On
1: yeah Save on. jeez, are they that
2: desperate? They can't just let the guy go? Come on. Well, I mean, there's a lot of great people there, but one bad one. <laughs> Won't say names, but. Uh,
1: the the Bridges movie is getting a lot of, is it, is it Bridges? Is that how you pronounce it? I haven't seen that movie. I've heard good things about it, but I've never seen it. So um, might have to check that one out. There's lots of you that are high on that movie. All right. I like it. Okay, we got one hour to go here. This is this has been slow, but that's all right. The final hour is all that matters. Okay? So we have uh it's golf season again. It's gonna be nice golf this Friday. This is the twelfth annual. We've done this many times and it's loads of fun. It's one of the best, most fun golf tournaments to play in all year long. It's this Friday, the twelfth out uh twelfth annual uh, smash out MS. They raised almost a quarter million bucks at this tournament. It's awesome. Uh uh Scott just started himself because his mom has MS and it's just grown and grown. It's loads of fun. Uh so it's a foursome in the tournament. So the one of the last ones to get in, and I'll be on your team, so there'll be four of you with me. All right, and uh, you get the golden ticket, which is uh fifty bucks a person automatically. That gets you entered into every draw and they have tons of them. You can win tons of prizes, including Maui Jim, sunglasses, and many other cool stuff. Uh also includes a, a few drinks for everybody, uh breakfast before, steak dinner after. Have loads of fun. It's all for MS. So currently we have a steal right now at only seven hundred dollars. Okay. We always like to get to at least face value. So let's pump this up in the final hour. It's this Friday. It's eight a.m. So you have all. I'll tell you right now. If you like to have fun, this is the golf tournament because you play in the tournament, and usually it turns into a real big party afterwards. I'm just saying. So if you like to have fun, this is the one to do and raise a lot of money for MS. So you can text in. It's a ten twelve sixty. Or call Connor, 444-1260. A foursome for you this Friday at the Ranch Golf and Country Club. The course is in unreal shape. It's going to play great. I know all the tricks of the course. If you're a good golfer, I can tell you where to hit. Don't worry about it. You just have to do it. But uh, I'm a much better scrambler player than I am uh, an individual player. So we'll have lots of fun, lots of good stories, and uh, most importantly, we'll raise money for MS. So let's get that up a little bit. It's at uh, 700. It's a steal right now. So you can text in at 101266. or call, Connor at triple four twelve six. Let's uh, go to a sports center update brought to you by, Edmonton, Kubota. Right now, if you are looking uh, great deals on uh, zero turn lawnmowers. Maybe you need a tractor for the farm. You need a subcompact tractor for the acreage. Well, they got them all at EdmontonKubota.com.